Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining Jewish Stories and more. Of course, our main concern right now is the war in Israel and the importance of achieving complete victory over our very, very dangerous and incredibly cruel enemies. Baruch Hashem, the IDF is doing very well. Unfortunately, each day we've been hearing about a new loss of a holy neshama, a holy soul of a Jew fighting for the IDF to protect Jewish lives. However, um, war, unfortunately, not easy. And we have to do our part also, which we're doing right now with these stories. The idea of these stories is, of course, to bring people closer to Torah mitzvahs, to reveal the truth of Hashem, the truth of Torah, the truth of, mitzvah, truth of mitzvahs. But stories uh, sometimes can be quite interesting and even a little bit funny. And we have one like that today. It's really quite an amazing story. It's about Rabbi um, Evan Yisrael Steinzaltz. Originally, he was known as, I'm not remembering incorrectly, Aiden uh, Steinzaltz. The Lavich had recommended that he change his name to Evan Yisrael, but he is named, known by both names. Now, Rabbi Steinzaltz is an incredibly great Tamachacham, a big chassid of the Lubavitcher Rebbe, uh, has written incredible amounts of Taita, translations of Gemara, translations of all other parts of the Taita, including Tanya, and uh, he's just filled the world with wonderful, wonderful Divrei Taita and made many, many Svarim available to people that were never available before and inspired others to do similar work. So one time he was giving a class at Gemara Shir, Gemara class at a big university, and um, it attracted many Jewish professors many uh, top-notch Jewish professors. And it went on for quite a while, quite a long while. And it was very popular. And uh, people came and were inspired by the wisdom of Rabbi Steinzaltz and the insight and, of course, the the Torah that he, that he taught. Many of them became closer to Torah and mitzvahs. However, there was one professor who was notably absent. This was a very, very well-known, outstanding professor in his field, Jewish professor. And um, he never came. And all the other professors said to him, hey, you know, this is a great cheer, a great class. Why don't you join it? Why don't you check it out? Nope, absolutely refuse. Finally, one day, Rabbi Steinzels himself approached his professor and said, you know, uh, I teach a shir, Gemara shir, on a regular basis at the university. I think you would really enjoy it. Why don't you join us? The professor said, Rabbi Steinzaltz, you and I have absolutely nothing in common. Absolutely nothing in common. Rabbi Steinzaltz, Rabbi Steinzaltz said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know that I went through the Holocaust. And as a result of that, I do not believe in Hashem. I do not believe in any mitzvahs. 
And as a matter of fact, every single Shabbos, I make it a point to eat a big plate of chazer, a big plate of uh, meat from a pig, every Shabbos in order to rebel against Hashem. So you see, Rabbi Steinsaltz, we have absolutely nothing in common. You are from, you believe in Torah mitzvahs, you believe in Hashem, you believe in Shabbos, you believe in all these things. We have nothing in common. There's absolutely no reason I should come to your class. Rabbi Steinsaltz immediately responded, on the contrary, professor, I think we have a lot of things in common. From the fact that you are rebelling against Hashem, it's clear that you believe in Hashem. I also believe in Hashem. So we both believe in Hashem. From the fact that you pick out Shabbos of all days to do this, it's clear that you believe in Shabbos. You believe in Shabbos. It's a special day, and that's why you pick it out to do this. And I believe in Shabbos. We have that in common, too. In addition to that, you believe in Kashrus. And the proof is that you specifically pick out something which is not kosher, which means you believe in in, in, in kashrus, and you do, do the opposite, but it's obvious it's based on the fact that you believe in kashrus. So you believe in Hashem, you believe in Shabbos, and you believe in kashrus, just like me. So we have a lot in common, so come join the class. The professor was very moved by this analysis of Rabbi Steinsaltz, his way of looking at it, and he had to agree that it's true. It's true, he did believe in Hashem. Of course, he was rebelling against Hashem. But he believed in him. And it's true, he believed in Shabbos. Of course, he was specifically trying to break Shabbos. But he obviously believed in Shabbos. And he also obviously believed in kosher. It's true, he was trying to do something totally not unkosher against the rules of kosher. But yes, it was based on the fact that he believed in it. And so, little by little... His attitudes began to change. Baruch Hashem, Rabbi Steinzolz brought him back. I'm not sure exactly the result, but much, much closer to Yiddishkeit and to Hashem than he was before. And so we see that really every Jew is a, is a believer in Hashem. Um, 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 Maminim b'nei maminim is expression. They are believers, children of believers. That means a Jew comes into this world a believer. We all have a godly soul. And we all believe in Hashem. It's true that because of circumstances of our how we were raised or experiences or who knows what, we may have been disconnected from our beliefs, but our beliefs remain inside deep inside, truly a part of us. Therefore, it's possible to approach any Jew, no matter what and no matter who. And if we speak words from our heart, they will certainly penetrate that person's heart, if not immediately, eventually. And that person will come close to Judaism as well. The other day I was in a store, a bagel store, and I saw a fellow didn't look like your typical observant Jew. He had lots of rings through his lips and his nose and different places, big ponytail and tattoos and everything. I asked him, uh, would you like to put on tefillin? 
We're trying to do mitzvahs to help the war effort in Eretz Yisrael. He said, okay. I haven't been on tefillin since I was bar mitzvah, he said. I'm sure this fellow was at least 30, maybe more. Uh, but yeah, I'll do it. Again, the pintal yid, the spark of a yid, this is the holy spark of Hashem within each and every Jew. And therefore, I would encourage everybody to please feel as if you are called up to the reserves. We are all serving in the IDF right now. Some of us are in Gaza with guns and tanks and jet fighters. Some of us are in cities here in America, and we are fighting with, by, using, by, by using the Torah, by learning extra Torah, by doing extra mitzvahs, by encouraging others to do extra mitzvahs, to put up mezuzahs, to light Shabbos candles, to put on tefillin, give tzedakah, hafrashas challah, separating challah for the mitzvah, whatever it is, and all of us can help with the war, and all of us are helping with the war, of course, davening, of course, davening, Davening for a, a soldier, or davening for all the soldiers, or davening for all the Jewish people. And in this way, certainly Hashem will give us a miraculous victory, as we've seen already many, many nissim, many, many miracles. Again, unfortunately, we are losing soldiers also, but um, these are holy souls, holy tzaddikim, whose mission has been accomplished, and they're now returning their holy soul to Hashem but we will certainly have the miraculous victory that we need to completely take apart the terrorists, Hamas, and hopefully soon after that, all the other terrorists of the world, and transform the world into a dear Eloiz Baruch truly a dwelling place for Hashem, through learning Taita, doing mitzvahs, goodness and kindness, and, and as well as when we need to, the most severe military actions as well. May Mashiach and Geula come immediately without delay. Thank you so much for joining Jewish Stories and more.